I have a question. Have you all ever heard somebody say that they don't want the milk, they want the meat of God's word? You've heard that, right? And, and typically what's meant by that, I think some people have different uh, meanings behind it, but generally speaking, at least in our circle, people, it's, I don't want the easy stuff. I want to get deep. I want to know things that, are, that most people don't know deep theological teachings, that sort of thing. I want the history behind the, the passage. I want the cultural context, church history. I want to dive into the Greek, Hebrew, Aramaic. I want all the stuff. I want a lot. I want to just build my knowledge. I don't want the milk. I want the meat. I've been around the block a time or two. I know more than the average Christian. I need something more. And if you stop, I mean, I mean this, if you say this, I love you, we, I, everybody, love, love, love. But sometimes that can be such a prideful statement. It can be such a, because if you think about it, and the things that you consider milk now, at one time in your life, you considered meat. And the things that you consider meat today will be, hopefully, if you continue to grow, will become milk to you at some point in your life, in the next year, two years, three years, four years, five years. It's, it, it's, it's just this never-ending desire to go deeper and to do more and to earn more and, and to see things in a different way. And I love that stuff. I love to, I mean, I'm a, I'm a nerd when it comes to the Bible. I love, to, I love history. I love knowing those things. I try to, to bring some of that out in every message. But I don't believe that that's what Scripture is talking about when we when, we're, when it mentions the meat of God's word. So that's what we're going to talk about today, the meat. I didn't know what to call it. Meat, the meat. I bought a smoker or a pellet grill. Some of y'all real smoker people would be like, that is not a smoker. But I, I love it. It has nothing to do with anything, but I've been smoking a lot of meat. <laughs> The meat. All right. Again, let me just read what I have written here, and then we'll <laughs> move on. The things you consider milk now were once meat to you. A few years from now, the things that seem like meat to you now will be milk, and you, the cycle will go on and on and on, and you will never be satisfied because the standard keeps moving out of reach. The more you grow, the more dissatisfied you're going to be. And then you jump from church to church to church to church because I want the meat they don't teach the meat. And what I believe, and we're going to get more into it. Actually, let's go there now. Hebrews 5. Hebrews 5, starting verse 12. It says, For though by this time you ought to be teachers, you need someone to teach you again the first principles of the oracles of God, and you have come to need milk and not solid food. It says solid food here. In the King James, it actually says meat. Okay, so that's where we, we get this. I mean, there's other passages that talk about milk and meat, but this is the one I'm using today. Verse 13, for everyone who partakes only of milk is unskilled in the word of righteousness. That word unskilled, as we dive into the ancient Greek, getting into the meat this morning, that just means ignorant. Ignorant. So again, verse 13 for everyone who partakes only of milk is ignorant in the word of righteousness. For he is a babe. But solid food, again, meat, 
to those who are of full age, that is, those who by reason of use have their senses exercised to discern both good and evil. So the author of Hebrews here is saying, if all you know is milk, you're ignorant to righteousness. So the meat would be righteousness. It's a revelation of righteousness. It is a revelation of grace. It is a revelation of Jesus. That is the milk. And if you think, I mean, sometimes I think we got to get out of our 21st century American head and think of people who existed long before us, long before any of this, the times of Jesus and literally hundreds of years after. They didn't have the, the resources that we have to go deep into stuff. They didn't have the resources to, to learn different languages and history and all these different things. They just were taught righteousness. They were just taught Jesus. And then if we want to even dive deeper, because I like to grow and I like to become a better teacher, a better communicator of certain things. And I believe Jesus was a pretty good communicator of things. Y'all agree that, that maybe he knew what he was talking about and the way that he did it. How did Jesus do it? Did he sit in front of these people and say, if you have your Torah, open up to page 42 and let's dissect this a minute. No, he, he looked at his people who desperately needed to understand the kingdom of God. And he says, the kingdom of God is like this child here. The kingdom of God is like a fig tree. The kingdom of God is like a mustard seed. And he looked at them and he met them where they are to explain things to them in a way that they would understand so they could actually take this message of the kingdom, this message of righteousness, and experience for themselves heaven on earth. Sometimes we, we I, I don't know if you've ever been to a church service and, and it's great. I mean, I, I, I don't know. I always, I don't got to go there. I've been to church services you think, man, that dude is smart. He is smart. He said a whole bunch of stuff. Dove into covenants and history and, and church history and culture. Whew. What was that about? How does that apply to my life? What does that mean to me? I don't know. But that preacher's smart. I don't know if that's an issue at Grace Life Church, if y'all walk away thinking that preacher's smart. But Thanks, Tim. Thank you, Tim. That was, I was just throwing bait out there for y'all to, like, yeah, we do, we do. The, I, but that's not the point. We, I, what good is a teacher who's teaching so far above everybody's head that they walk away with nothing? So I, whenever I first took, or started to teach, started to get into ministry, and uh, I was a youth pastor for four years, and that was cool. And then <laughs> we moved down here. I became the director of, of, of Extension School, Bible College here. And I remember, I actually thought this. I actually said this to our students. I said, you're paying tuition. Show up here. Some people fall asleep because I would teach. I mean, we would watch classes and stuff, but I would teach and that sort of thing. If you want to fall asleep during this, by all means, you do you. It's an expensive nap. But if you want to sleep, that's your problem. That's not my problem. I'm going to, I'm going to teach it the way that I know and, and how, whatever. Stop mean things. And, and I realized that that was the absolutely most, that was just wrong. It was wrong. 
is a wrong way. If my job is to teach, that means, or the very definition of a teacher is to cause someone to learn. My job as a teacher isn't to stand up here and just say it however I say it, and you can take it or leave it. I think as teachers, sometimes we need to take more responsibility and, and say, I'm going to do everything in my power. I can't make you do anything, but I'm, if you're not going to get something, it's not going to be because of me not trying and not me taking responsibility for myself. I actually read this book. It's called The Seven Laws of the Learner. Seven Laws of the Learner. And he talked about that. He gave that definition of teaching. A teacher is somebody who causes someone to learn. Again, you can't make somebody do anything, but if you are somebody who wants to reach people, and I know not everyone in here considers them a teacher, but I'm making a point, that, that we need to do everything in our power to communicate things, communicate righteousness in a way that people understand, and then they can start experiencing it in their life. Because meat produces growth. Meat produces substance in your life. Okay, so, so I started to think, man, I'm, I'm up here in front of the Bible college students and I'm teaching and some are falling asleep because it's so either just dry and, the and I'm not communicating it the right way or the information is just so in-depth that nobody can think about it any or learn anything from it. What good is that? What good is that? And I started to realize that maybe I've been missing it and maybe people understanding things is more important than them thinking that I'm really smart. I used to think that if you, say you were in a, a college class, they, used, they would say, oh, he's a really good professor. His tests really hard. Nobody ever passes. He's got like a 40% pass rate. Oh, man, he's a good teacher. No, he's a terrible teacher. If he's a good teacher, everyone would pass his test, right? So, so we have to change what we think about the milk and the meat, because the meat produces substance. The meat produces real life change. And yes, we need to grow in our culture and in church culture and, and history and all the stuff. I told you, I'm a, a big nerd when it comes to this. I read books. I listen to podcasts. I study all the time. I love it. But if all we're seeking is this unattainable meat of the word, because we're constantly, hopefully, constantly growing, we're never going to get it. And in fact, that's actually a very legalistic way of thinking. If you think about the law, the old covenant law, we are under a new covenant of grace. You don't have to earn anything from God. You already have everything you'll ever need. When we talk about righteousness, that means you are right now where you sit in complete right standing with God, despite what you've ever done. It means that you are complete. You, there's nothing wrong with you. That, that you have all these things, all the promises of God are yours. But if you're too busy chasing after something you think you don't have, you're going to miss out on things that you've, you're already in possession of. Does that make sense? The meat of the word is Jesus. The milk of the word is old covenant law. It's this, this unattainable goal, this unattainable standard. The threshold keeps, or the... the Threshold? The thing, the line, the goal keeps moving further and further away. And that's exactly how the law operates. Jesus is the meat. If you, feel, if, if you think you need to do more to please God, you're still living under the milk of God's word. If you think that you need to do more to please God, you're still a babe. Not in a good way, like a little baby. 
That was dumb. All right. <laughs> Jesus did not overcomplicate things. He used things in their environment and their culture to communicate kingdom life. The meat of God's word isn't an overly complicated teaching that no one understands except a select few in the group. It's just this ego that we have. I want deeper, deeper stuff. Great. Go read a book. But if, our, if we're in the business of people, we need to communicate complex truths in ways that everybody can understand. And when I was in Bible college, there was one teacher that would, uh, and he's awesome. I got to know him after, which is crazy still to me that I know these people. They changed my life, and I can call them on my cell phone. It's amazing. But, I mean, there, there would be verse after verse after verse after verse after verse, and you're just, your mind is numb after these, these teachings. It's like, take a few and then communicate things on a practical level. Because grace is meant to be practical. Grace is meant to be something that we apply to our life. When you know that you are unconditionally, unconditionally loved by the Father, it changes you. When you know that no matter how bad you've messed up in the past, it doesn't disqualify you from any of the promises of God. In fact, you already have all these things. It changes you. So if you're not experiencing change, it's because you actually haven't gotten into the meat of God's word, which is the finished work of the cross, the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus. The cross worked. Your sins don't hold more power than the cross. That's the message. That's righteousness. You can't mess up so much that God is done with you. I hear people say, I got to get back, get back to church, get right with God. Man, you weren't ever wrong with God. But you just didn't know. So now you know. No one in this room has that excuse anymore. You don't need to get right with God. You're right with God. So let's move on from that and allow that to change us. I've been saying this every week because I said this about a month ago, and it spoke to me. Sometimes I say stuff up here, and I'm like, whoo, it's good preaching. But I, I was like, what did I say? I forgot. No. Uh, uh, whenever you get it, when you understand the unconditional love and grace of the Father, it will cause you to stop settling for anything less than heaven on earth. Heaven on earth. Somebody asked this on Wednesday. What does that mean? What is heaven on earth? What is kingdom life on earth? Does that mean that, that we're all... I don't know what people, we, we have these interesting ways of thinking about heaven. Heaven. I think a lot of us, we think of the, the glowing buildings and the streets of gold. And we joked about it the other night because it's more like the Wizard of Oz than it actually is heaven. We have the big glowing buildings and the yellow brick road leading up to it. And God is the Oz, behind, the man behind the curtain. And it, it's just, we have these interesting ways but, of thinking. But heaven, I think, is just, it's going to look different to each individual person. It's more of, are you happy? It's more, are you fulfilled in life? Or are you constantly seeking fulfillment? Are you constantly seeking more? And you go from church to church to church because that one didn't have what I need. If this church doesn't have what you're looking for, start it yourself. I talked about this last week where, where we are an apostolic ministry. Our job here is to build you up, equip the saints to do the work of their ministry. I can't do it all. We can't do it all. The ones that are, are involved can't do it all. So I've, what I've, one thing I've noticed is people, let's say Thomas. 
I'll use Thomas as an example. I should have you stand up here because he hates this. It's awesome. <laughs> Thomas, stand up here real quick. Come here. <laughs> Come here. <laughs> Give Thomas a hand. Just stand right here on this mark. This is totally unnecessary that he's up here too, by the way. Uh, <laughs> let's say Thomas has a prophetic gift. Thomas is, has a prophetic gift. I'm not, that's not my, necessarily my gift. I am a teacher, right? So, so somebody like Thomas will come here because they've been really wanting good, solid teaching from an amazing, amazing teacher. I'm just joking. You can sit down. But let, let's say, but after a while, it's like, man, I, I haven't been able to use this gift I haven't been able to use this gift. So what do people more often than not do? They leave. And they'll, then they'll go to a, a church that is more in, into the prophetic. But then after a while, they get tired of that because they're, they're not operating in, in more of the pastoral ministry. And, and we go from church to church, from place to place, seeking something. And my point is maybe that church is missing you and you're not stepping into the position that God's called you to. It's because what grace does, grace awakens you to what's in here. And you get to a point where it's like, oh, I got to do something. Because the, the way that I've been doing church, the way that I've been living life is not, it's not fulfilling anymore. And I need to do something. Is it the church's fault or is it your fault? for not stepping into it and taking that responsibility. When we really understand the meat, when we really have a revelation of Jesus and what he did and what the cross means, so many of us, we, we come to church and we understand, we get it, Jesus died, was buried, rose again. We get it, but we don't know why. And we don't know what that means to us. But when Jesus was raised, when God raised Jesus from the dead, he raised all of us from the dead. Yeah, we're living like that never happened. Like we don't have that power. You have more power on the inside of you than you realize. Are you using it? That's a different question. We need to understand righteousness. We need to understand that Jesus is the meat of the word, that the law that legalistic mentality actually that provides no growth. It provides no substance. It's a shadow of things to come. It says in Hebrews 10:1 that the law was a shadow of things to come. Well, the milk provides nothing. But people, people want that. I've heard it's, uh, I can't think of where it is off the top of my head, but that grace message, it just scratches itchy ears. You're just telling people what they want to hear. If that were the case... This church would be much larger than it is. People don't want to hear grace. The church doesn't want to hear grace. The church wants to hear legalism. The church wants, to, wants me to get up here and tell you exactly what to do, make you feel bad for what you're already doing, and then you go home and don't apply it anyway. But, you know, it's just this, this we're, we're kind of mixed up in our ways of thinking. Jesus, in the finished work of the cross, that's, the message. That's the gospel, and it is simple. The gospel is so simple, you need someone to help you misunderstand it. And we have a, an abundance of people that are contributing to that. Revelation of Jesus, John 6, starting in verse 55. Jesus said, For my flesh is food 
indeed, and my blood is drink indeed. That's disgusting, by the way. It sounds disgusting. If, if you don't understand what he's talking about, my flesh is food indeed, and my blood is drink indeed. Whew. I feel weird even saying it out loud. But verse 56, he who eats my flesh and drinks my blood abides in me and I in him. This sounds a lot like meat, doesn't it? As the living Father sent me, and I live because of the Father, so he who feeds on me will live because of me. This is the bread which came down from heaven. Not as your fathers ate manna and are dead, he who eats this bread will live forever. Jesus is the meat of the word. We need a revelation of Jesus. We need a revelation of righteousness. I will keep saying it. Righteousness is your right standing with God. And the good news is it has nothing to do with your performance. It has everything to do with his performance. You can't earn it. You can't earn it. You just use it. It's already given to you. Everything you need for life and godliness is yours. How much of it are we really growing in? How much of it are we awake to? How different would our lives look if we really understood it? What kind of chances would we take? What kind of risk would, be we, would we be willing to make if we really understood the power that we have? Would, are we willing to say, I am the righteousness of God in Christ. I have everything I need for life and godliness. I possess the power that raised Christ from the dead. Why am I living this life? This has nothing to do with sin, has nothing to do with you saying your little potty words, smoking your cigarettes, drinking your booze. Has nothing to do with that. Not at all. Has everything to do with us not living heaven on earth. To, that are we're, we're because we don't know, we don't truly know, we're not acting on it. Because if you knew, you would act on it. A, a result of knowing is doing. <laughs> A result of knowing is doing. So if your life isn't reflecting what you th think is true in here, you don't really believe it. And I'm not saying this in, in, a, in condemnation or trying to... I'm, I'm saying this to, to wake us all up. Because sometimes I have my little pity parties. And I think, oh, what's the point? What's the point of this? And, and I just go down this path and I just wah, 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 wah. Then I'm married to a woman. I'm married to a woman who literally, physically shakes me and slaps me. That's the biggest response I've ever gotten from Grace Life Church, by the way. <laughs> I say some good stuff and y'all do nothing. Anyway, she says, what are you doing? It reminds me of what we're, what we're doing and why we're doing it. What, the power that we possess, we need those people in our life. If it's not your better half, it's someone in here. <laughs> well, it's me. And it will, but I'm saying this to wake you up, to wake me up sometimes and say, man, God has called me to something great. He's called me a heaven on earth. And, and I'm, I'm qualified to, to walk in this because of the cross, because of the resurrection, Yes? Okay. There's no growth in milk. There's no growth 
in that. There's no growth with, with this mentality thinking the meat of God's word is just ultra complex teachings. And then it's everybody else's fault that, I'm, that, that that church isn't fulfilling all my needs. Step up. Just step up. I mean, Tim, and unfortunately, Tim hasn't been able to, he, well, not unfortunately, he got promoted at his job. So he's not able to do the Wednesday night thing, but hey, praise God, right? And, but him and Russell came to me saying, we're thinking about starting something. I'm like, cool, start it. I didn't even really ask any questions. They're like, we're thinking about doing something. Okay. I will do whatever I can to help you. Because they felt like, I want to teach. I want to help other people understand this, too. I want to have these, these relationships and these conversations with people. Cool, do it. I'll, I'll do whatever I can to support you. And other, you know, as, as people start to get stirred up and they want to help this church reach more people in their own unique way, it's okay. Do it. I see so many small churches fail. Most of them uh, shut down. 90% of churches fail within the first year. Another 90, the rest of them fail after three years. We're at five years, so we're doing pretty good. But I think a big reason why is there's all this pressure on one guy or one girl, one pastor, and trying to be all things to all people. I can't be all things to all people. And some people have left because I can't be all things to all people. I can't go to every little function. I can't do all these little things. I, I just, I can't do it. But Grace Life Church can equip the saints, to do it. And I believe we can create a community of people that can eventually be all things, all people, or at least that didn't, did that make sense? Okay. There's this mentality that it's always somebody else's fault. And this might sound like I'm like, I've been attacked lately. I haven't been attacked, not to my face anyway. So it's not that. I just, I sometimes... I just, I feel like there's an unsettling in, in, in people's heart. And I think the Lord is saying, step into something greater. Step into the, the thing that you're called to do. Some people are called to help somebody else fulfill what they're called to do. But the, the how do I say this? I'll use the church as an example. I have a vision to empower ordinary people to live extraordinary lives through a guilt-free, unreligious relationship with God the Father. That is a vision and a, 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 that the Lord has given me, a mission that, that the Lord has given me. Does that mean that only I can do it? Or can we all get inspired by that same vision and then my vision becomes our vision. So it's not you helping me fulfill my vision. It's me communicating the vision to you. You say, I like that. And I want to be a part of that. I want to do something. I want to be, I want to be involved in helping people and empowering ordinary people to live extraordinary lives. So I'm going to do it. And I'm going to do it in my own unique way, a way that Clint Zeller can't do it. Because I want to raise up people in this church to step into what they're called to do. I said this last week, not everybody's called to church ministry, but everybody's called to kingdom ministry. Everybody's called to connect with other people. And let's say the church, this church never grows again. Y'all are like, oh man, he's not speaking in faith. But 
I'm just using an example. Let's say this is all it is. But each person in this room changes because they are hearing righteousness. They are getting the meat. They are growing in that revelation. And so I teach this, you're able to change. And each person, they say that every person only has five real close friends in their entire life. It's kind of sad, isn't it? But real close friends in your entire life, five. Let's say that's all you have. <laughs> five. You impact five people in your life with this message of righteousness. So if we have 75 people times five, I don't know. What is that? <laughs> Should have used an easier number. <laughs> Someone knows. But anyway, it's a lot. And that, that's how kingdom, what is it? 375, 375 people that this small church could potentially impact. And those, those 375 Share it with their close five. You know, and it just continues to grow. I talked about that water rippling out. I believe that's how we do it. Now, I think Grace Life Church is going to grow, and we're going to impact a lot of people right here in this building. But I'm saying that as we really understand the importance of righteousness, the importance of the finished work of the cross, and this message of God's unconditional love and grace, the simplicity of the gospel, when we get it, the world's going to see it. This isn't a feel-good message. This will change your life. You'll, you won't settle for the, the 9 to 5, 8 to 5 job that you've always settled for. You'll say, I'm going to do something different. I'm going to expect more. I'm, not gonna, I'm, not, I'm done expecting bad things to happen in my life. I'm going to expect abundance in my life. I'm going to expect happiness in my life and freedom from those addictions. I, I'm, I'm not hoping that things get better. I'm expecting them to because... I am a child of God. I'm expecting things to change because I am the righteousness of God in Christ, that I am a possessor of the kingdom. I'm not trying to become something. I'm discovering who I already am. The only reason you're not living on earth as it is in heaven right now is because you don't know. And his people are being destroyed for a lack of knowledge. Do I sound happy? I wore a bright shirt today. A lot of people commented and they're like, no black? No black shirt? No, I'm not. I'm, never mind. All right. The man in black. It was, there was a joke in there somewhere. Let me see. This is not in my notes. Let me see if I can put this together. I should plan things better. Um, you know, we talk about slaughtering sacred cows, meaning getting rid of old, old belief systems. But you know where that term comes from? So there were some religions in third world countries, they, they worship cows. They worship cows, but these third world countries are starving to death, literally starving to death. But there's cows everywhere. But they won't kill the cow because they worship a cow. And sometimes that's what we do. We have these, these sacred cows in our life, and, and it's actually destroying us because we won't slaughter them. We have this, this, these belief systems that really just need to die. God's not punishing people. If you think God's punishing people, that is a sacred cow that needs to die. If you think God is an old white man with a big white beard and a big white throne with a big white lightning bolt ready to strike you down... Slaughter that sacred cow. So if we're taking the milk, no slaughtering of sacred cows is necessary. 
to get milk. But to get meat, you need to slaughter some sacred cows. That is good. I messed it up, but uh, that's going on Facebook. Now, <laughs> we need to slaughter some sacred cows in order to really understand and get the meat of God's word. Get, be willing to un, unlearn everything. Start with Jesus. Start with perfect love casts out all fear. So if it, what you believe about God causes you to be afraid of God, then get rid of it. And just start with love. For God so loved the world. That's it. God loves me. What does that mean? That means that I can, I can live a life that requires a supernatural explanation. Is that what we're going to do? Is that what you're going to do? We need to really, is this real? We have one life. We're going to give all our time to somebody else. Give all our emotional life to somebody else. Let people rent space in our minds through offense and, and anger and resentment. People are going to do mean things to you. People do mean things to me all the time. What are we going to do about it? Lose sleep at night? We don't have to because we know who we are. And the world could come against us, and we can keep moving forward because we are made on purpose for a purpose. We just need to wake up to that reality. I don't want my life, this life, to be given to a paycheck or possessions or things that I'm really not passionate about. We're created for so much more. You're created for so much more. Are you willing to let it all go and start fresh? That's the meat. So if, if anybody here today is, I mean, if, I want, this church is here to help you. You're not here for Grace Life Church. Grace Life Church is here for you. And if there's something that the Lord is speaking to you today, man, talk to us. And we'll do whatever we can to help you step into that. That's, that's the purpose of the church. That's the purpose of an apostolic ministry. But you have to move. You have to get up. You have to take responsibility and say, you know, the only person I have to blame for the life that I'm living is myself. But the good news is I have the power to redirect the ship. You don't have to settle. I don't care how long you've been living this way. Change it. Easy peasy, mac and cheesy. <laughs> Jesus is the meat of the word. Seek him and your life will change. Your life will change when you understand that you are the righteousness of God in Christ. I promise you it will. Draw near to him this morning. Draw near to him every single day. Amen? Amen. Amen. Father, thank you.